0: Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like grain markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklavik. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Hope you had a nice Father's Day weekend. Hope you got to spend some time with your family. I spent my weekend with my three kids. I've got three little kids, four four, two, and uh, maybe six months, or is she seven months now? Six or seven months. But uh, anyways, back in business here today. It is uh, Monday, June 22nd, if you did not know that as I speak here today. Uh, Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you go on Apple or Google, whichever podcast app. uh, Sign up so you are alerted when new content is available. Um, Leave me a review uh, if you have something good or bad or anything to say at all, really. Um, If you do need some help with your grain marketing, as always, you can go to standardgrain.com. Take a look at that subscription service. $49 a month gets you my morning email, gets you my text message service. You will know when, how, and specifically, I'm pricing corn, soybeans, and wheat throughout the year. Conversation today, make a sale if you're bullish, question mark. Um, I'm going to talk about this. Uh, It's not a very long conversation, but I want to uh, clarify a few things uh, regarding marketing and, and kind of my philosophy or the way I go about things but I do have a couple news items that I wanted to touch on first uh, the first one the big funds the funds who I talk about all the time the funds have been no- net short the corn market for 44 consecutive weeks fund traders have not been along the corn market since August of last year so if this goes on for a little while longer it's going to be an entire calendar year without a um Without a fund long or 12 12 months, I guess you could say. But uh, this is the longest streak that that has ever happened. And if if it feels like there hasn't been any marketing opportunities in the corn market uh, in a long time... um, This is no coincidence. A lot of your best marketing opportunities, as I've discussed uh, in podcasts past, occur when the funds have a long position or a heavy long position, and we haven't seen anything like that for a long, long time. So uh, that is something to keep an eye on. And as of this point, um, without getting too much into my attitudes on the market or how I feel about the market, um, it may be a while longer till the funds ever take a long position in this market. Uh, some interesting stuff out of China. You know, they've been buying some more soybeans. They've been a little bit more active here. Um, this, the the statistics from Bloomberg regarding the progress with this trade deal are kind of troubling. They had a chart, and it illustrated China's purchases of U.S. ag products from January through the end of April this year. And it, for, in that time period, the first four months of the year, China bought. About five billion dollars in U.S. ag products. Remember, the Phase One trade deal says that they need to buy thirty-six and a half billion dollars in U.S. ag products between now and the end of the calendar year. So, uh, it, as of as of the end of April, China's ag purchases were basically on par with where they were last year. They were below 2018, below 2017, below 16, below 15. They've got a ton of work to do, and a lot of smart people that I know, and and maybe. Um, put myself in this camp in in terms of how I feel about the trade deal, it is going to be next to impossible for, for China to hit this target. And if they do hit the target, which means that they probably need to buy record amounts of just about every US ag product from corn, soybeans, wheat, Pork, beef, ethanol, poultry, you name it. They probably need to buy just about record amounts of it. Um, a lot of markets are underpriced right now, but I don't think that's the way that the market's trading. I don't think anybody believes that we're getting to $36.5 billion, but that is uh, where they stand. The wheat market has been awfully soft. Fund traders in the SRW wheat market have the largest net short position since, let me look at my fund tracker charts here, since May of 2019. So it's, uh, This is the largest net short position in the SRW wheat market uh, in, what, a good 13 months. So this is pretty normal stuff for this time of year for the winter wheat market to sell off into harvest and a forthcoming Russian harvest. Russia is the biggest wheat exporter now. Um, This is is pretty normal seasonal type stuff. It would also be kind of normal uh, for us to put a bottom in this wheat market, maybe sometime in the next month or six weeks, and that's what we can hope for. So wheat's been awfully soft. Weather should be a big topic of conversation this time of year. And, and it is to some extent. There's a lot of talk about weather, There's a lot of weather maps being tossed around, things like that. But you look at the markets, very little volatility, a four cent range in corn here at midday on Monday, um, a six and a half cent range in soybeans. That is not typical of uh, mid to late June. Typically, we get the markets get a little jittery this time of year, and it doesn't take much to cause a rally or a break in terms of shifts in the models or changes to the forecast, things along those lines. We just haven't seen it this year. And, and part of it has to do with the enormous demand loss that we've seen for corn because of this virus and and, and how it relates to ethanol and the, the lack of people driving, that sort of thing. But uh, the market's very, very subdued here uh, for this time of year might be the word that I'd use. They, they just, they don't seem overly excited. Now, the soybean market is trading its best level in a couple of months. Um, we're up to 878 uh, July soybean futures. It's your nearby contract. That's still not a price that's going to light the world on fire or get anybody really excited about marketing, but it's, it's a far cry from the lows. We, we've rallied quite a bit, fun traders are along the bean market. Uh, it looks a little bit better, but still, you, know, you look at corn prices, soybean prices, wheat prices, not anything really attractive here, um, but we've got to keep an eye on weather. So to get into this uh, conversation, make a sale if you're bullish, this stems from a recommendation that I made this morning, as a matter of fact. And what I did this morning, I'll tell you what I did. I'm not going to give you super specifics, but um, I recommended a new crop soybean sale this morning. And whenever I recommend a sale, um, a number of things happen. Uh, I start to get all of these questions. Uh, Joe, are you bearish? Joe, why are you bearish? How bearish are you? Will beans go to seven dollars? Um those are all questions that I get when I advise that any sort of sale be made. And I think that they're the wrong questions. I think that they're the wrong questions. I think that people are, are overly concerned about what the attitudes are about the markets. Is is Joe bullish, is he bearish? Is the guy on TV bullish or is he bearish? Is um whoever are the big funds, are they bullish or are they bearish? Um what I try to do with marketing, and this is what I believe you should try to do, unless you're a hell of a lot smarter than me, and maybe you are, but I think you should try to build a price throughout the year. And that is what I attempt to do. So I looked at the bean market this morning and I looked at at really two things. I looked at the calendar. I said, okay, New crop beans haven't been this good since, well, we were up to these levels a couple times the last few days, but really you're, you're your best level since late March. Um, that was one thing that I looked at. And the other thing that I looked at were previous sales that I had on the books and I've made, uh, good marketing decisions. I've made bad marketing decisions over the years. But I did make some good marketing decisions when the soybeans were much, much higher um back say last summer and and even into last fall. So I have some existing 2020 sales on the books. And the sale that I made this morning was a small addition to those sales. So in a vacuum, November beans at 880 I don't see as being attractive. It's not a price that I'd probably Sell in a vacuum. But when I did the math and I did my weighted averages and I figured out what my price is on average, if I were to add a little bit to my existing sales here, my existing sales still look pretty good. So I decided that I would add some of this because we're at, you know, two month highs in the market or three month highs in the market. Um, The funds are long. Uh, We've got a little bit of a demand story with this China thing. I don't think this is a premium marketing opportunity or what I would describe as a premium marketing opportunity. I don't think this is the end-all be-all of marketing opportunities. I just think that I looked at it this morning and I said, you know what, this is a place for me to uh, continue the process Of building my price, and that process started months and months ago. So I got a lot of phone calls today from people who have nothing sold, and in that instance, it's a little bit trickier because again, eight eighty in a vacuum, I don't really like, and I'm I'm honestly halfway optimistic that this sale may be one of the worst ones that I make for these twenty twenty beans. I'm I'm actually friendly to the market, and that's what I told the people who called me this morning. I said, if you really want to know my attitude, I'm friendly, but but. My job is is not to be a cheerleader. My job is not to be a perma bull or a perma bear. My job is to build a price throughout the year, um, and and play the hand that I'm dealt. And the hand that I, we've been dealt this year in regard to marketing is really not very good as of right now. So, when you see somebody in grain marketing, whether it's me or whether it's another analyst or your broker or whoever, um. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're bullish or bearish when they advise some some sort of recommendation. And in my instance, when I advise a sale, that that does not, uh, by any stretch, mean that I'm I'm bearish the market. My attitude doesn't matter. I mean, what I think doesn't really about the market doesn't really make that big of a difference. What makes a difference at the end of the day is uh, what is your final price? What is your profitability? What are your margins? Um, All of those sort of things. That's what's important. The things that are not important are, is Joe bullish or bearish the market and why is he bullish or bearish? Or is the guy on TV bullish or bearish the market? Why is he bullish or bearish? Those are things that just don't, they don't mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. Whereas the price, the margins, the profitability, building that price throughout the year, that is what really matters. That's what pays the bills. So I just kind of wanted to clarify that because, um, you know, I, I don't like making any sales of any sort at this sort of of price level, but I felt the need to because the calendar's pushing forward. Um, you know, we don't have infinite amount an infinite amount of time to do our marketing in, in these markets. You know, we've we've got a, a time frame that's usually a couple of years to market a crop, and I saw an opportunity to add a small sale to my already existing new crop bean sales. And like I said, to be honest. I'm actually a little friendly to market, but, um, don't misconstrue a recommendation from me or, or maybe from somebody else, um, as, as us being bearish the market necessarily. That's not necessarily how it works. My goal to sum it up, build a price throughout the course of a couple of years and, uh, take the carry into account, take spreads into account, try to try to build that price and then improve on it via carry, uh, via bin space, all the tools that we have, uh, at, at our disposal. And that's the way that we need to do it. You know, a lot of people like to put all their eggs in one basket, um, and, and try to, you know, sell the majority of their grain at some peak throughout the year. And, and maybe that works for you, but that doesn't work for me. And that's not how I tend to do things. I've had a lot more success over the years, um, building a price over the span of a year and a half or two years. And that was what I was kind of trying to accomplish here today. So I had a lot of questions about that. I wanted to clarify, yeah i may I advised a new crop soybean sale this morning. Do I like the price? No, I don't, but when I pair it with some of the earlier stuff that that we had on the books, it didn't look half bad to me, and I thought that it was an opportunity and i I wrote in my newsletter this morning i said i I'm hopeful that this is the worst uh twenty twenty soybean sale that we make um and and I hope that it is I I really do I I say that about most sales that I make I say you know what I hope this is the worst sale that we make or that this is a bad sale or that in hindsight we look back and and this is um, a sale that was not necessarily a good idea because as a farmer you are inherently long so many years worth of of crop um, you're you're always long the market whether you know it or not for next year for the year after for the year after that so uh, just wanted to clarify that here today I know this is maybe not anything earth shattering or groundbreaking but um, I, I want to kind of get you guys on on or at least explain to you and clarify the way that, that I try to think of grain marketing. I try to build a price. Over the course of a year and a half or two years, I'm not looking to sell everything at one price that I believe is the high. Um, I'm looking to average into sales, to build a price, um, use carry if it's available to help add to that price or supplement that price. And That's the way that I look at it and, and have always looked at it. If you have questions about what I just said, um, if it doesn't make sense, send me an email to info at standardgrain.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear any feedback that you have. If you were interested in how I'm building that price throughout the year and you want to know specific how I'm building that price. Sign up for that newsletter subscription. It's $49 a month built through PayPal. You can cancel it at any time. Um, You get the morning email at 630 Central Time every day. You get the text message service, and you'll know exactly how I'm building this price. And that, in some cases, may involve sales like this where, you know what, it doesn't look that great, but when I pair it with some of the other stuff, it, it starts to look okay. And and, um, you know, a lot of the sales that, that I've made, uh, in particular, the last two, three years have been sales made way out in advance. And this early stuff that I had on for, for say, uh, 2020 beans falls into that category. Whereas what I did today does not fall into that category, but it falls more into the building a price category. And that's what I'm trying to do. Everyone have a great week. Uh, hope to be back with something later this week. So um, remember, if you have questions, info at standardgrain.com. We'll catch you later.